Time, bitches. Tomorrow is Bazoween. The biological clock is ticking. Be in front of your podcast listening devices for the sexy horrorthon, and remember the big fingering at nine. Don't miss it, and don't forget to wear your regulation podcast under the stairs crotchless undergarments. The biological clock is ticking. It's almost time to get fingered. podcast is not safe for work and will feature movie spoilers. It will feature scenes described of a graphic nature. It will contain language which most listeners may find offensive. Welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. Hi everyone and welcome to the podcast Under the Stairs. This is episode 400. I'm your host Duncan McLeish. Welcome to the show. Up on this episode 400, we did it. Yay! We made it to the end of the summer series. That summer series for 2022 done. This is the last episode. We are closing it out right now. Our last episode in the nines weeks is uh, 2009. Yeah. Yeah, can you believe we got here? This is the 40th episode I put out in two months, only dedicated to this and nothing else. There are plenty of other shows, obviously, that I have done which have not been summer series, and that just boggles the mind completely. But we made it, and that's what's important for everyone out there. At the end of this episode, you will have the definitive list of 150 movies representing the summer series. Now, yes, painfully, I'm going to read out all those movies, but don't worry, they are going to be published within the next week for you all to see in a downloadable list via a link on Google and it'll be posted in our website on a brand new bespoke page set up for it so you can go there 
tick them off and obviously I've put them up on Letterbox so you can check them out there. So yeah, plenty of avenues for you. So there you go. Now, as one door closes, another one opens. Bazaween starts tomorrow. The five-part series with The Baz doing the Phantasm franchise with pics of folk horror from around the globe that I have curated to go with them. So that kicks off tomorrow. On Sunday, you're getting a special episode looking at reviews of brand new titles that are about to drop that i got screeners for. So once again, keep your eyes peeled for that. On the Teapots Collective, we are fully caught up. Um, this morning you got a brand new episode of Opera Omnia yesterday you got an episode of Chronicle two days before that you got Where to Begin With so we're all caught up there as well so you can see I've been busy and maybe I have this episode is going out on the 30th of September my birthday that's right, 41 years old and uh, delivering the goods as I've had a few beverages because celebrating and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm piecing all this together in the wee hours of the night I think it's like it's almost 11 o'clock and this episode will probably drop at half past 11 so leaving it to the last minute savouring every sweet second of summer series so for the last time this year ladies and gents oh, welcome to a summer series episode welcome to the podcast under the stairs but most importantly for the list and for Summer Series as a whole, and Thunderdome, welcome to 2009. You see that crap? All that horror crap? Things coming out of crates and eating people? Dead people coming back to life? People turning into weeds, for Christ's sake? Well, yes, I did, but I... Well, you want them reading that stuff? Well, no, but... All right, then. I took care of it. That's why God made fathers, babe. That's why God made fathers. But I have proof, and tonight I'm going to show you something. You are mine! You are mine! Every humiliation which stood in his way could be swept aside by this simple act of annihilation. Murder. Lick my plate, you dog bitch! Murder. Lick my plate, you dog bitch! I believe in the life eternal, as promised to us by our Lord Jesus Christ! It is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. Fuck with me! 
Most of all, fuck you! Because I cut off his legs. And his arm. And his head. And I'm gonna do the same to you. Welcome back, ladies and gents. So we've arrived at it. I know it's with much sadness that we've come to the final episode of the 2022 Summer Series. We have been doing a lot of work. This is the 40th episode of this particular Summer Series. It's dropped over 10 weeks. And uh, yeah, we've, we've really rimmed out some incredible lists of movies. But there's only one spot left one spot left that will make our 150 movie list complete and there's only two movies that are vying for that final spot joining me as they have done for this entire week for their final time this summer series is my good buddy david garrett jr how's it going david doing good ready to kind of lock this last spot up now yep uh, have you enjoyed your summer series experience I have. It hasn't been as, uh, I haven't had any really drawn out battles or anything like that, but I mean, uh, I think we've done some really good things. So, I mean, at least I feel like we have. Yeah. I, I mean, like what you realize very quickly is the internet will disagree with you. Um, yeah. so like even when you think, about <laughs> it. so but that's just part and parcel of doing these, these summer series, uh, joining me for the final time on this summer series, Jeff Lawn. How's it going, Jeff? doing good can't wait to talk about these two yeah well you and our final guest here are in a unique position as in you were both on the original episode for 2009 mm. so yep you're both <laughs> returning so we'll see because we made some choices there we locked some movies in and if anyone has any issues with the two movies that went through originally technically you uh or we are what three quarters of the issue on that episode because <laughs> yeah um rounding out this episode is doug tilly how's it going doug so good duncan you know it's mm -hmm. funny every time you tell us uh, because i don't have them in front of me the movies that have that went through the years that we've been covering on this yeah. i'm always like they did those are the ones that went through yeah. it's always a surprise <laughs> to me uh which just shows how many years i've been doing this and you know for, for those who have been participating in the summer series for the first time this year I mean, this is all just preamble, right? Next year is when we're just going to tear each other apart. Oh, yeah. Next year the, is going to be bloody. Like, next year yeah. is going to be the bloody, most vicious one we've ever done. And that's why it's the final one. I <laughs> 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 think the appetite to be involved in any of these is going to be gone next year. Like, after next year, it's going to oh, put this thing in bed. Uh, yeah, the two movies that myself, Doug, uh, and uh, Jeff were involved with pushing through i mean i, I stand by them because uh, they're fucking awesome uh part chan wicks first which is just i watched that again at the start of the year and it's just fucking incredible isn't that absolutely another one that you could easily just throw the word masterpiece against and you would, mm. you would not be doing it any injustice at all um and house of the devil and what's interesting is since we recorded this guess who's back in favor ty west <laughs> 
Our old pal. Our old buddy. Hey, we did it, you guys. It was all because of us. Yeah, it was like, we, I, I get the feeling that we were talking about how talented he was as a director here. A24 gave him a shed load of money and he's put out two movies this year, or is about to. By the time this yeah. drops, his second movie will have been out. So, um, and it's like, A24 must have, like, they must have confidence in him because he's technically doing the first sequel to any of their movies. Mm-hmm. So that has never happened in that studio's history. So, um, and the fact he's uh, he's doing like a prequel to the movie he just released, which was well received. I, mean, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed X. I'm very much looking forward to Peril. Or by the time this episode drops, I really enjoyed the movie Peril. Um, <laughs> Uh, I hope, hope, hope that doesn't come back to bite me in the ass uh, so yeah we went House of the Devil and Thirst but the two movies we're going to discuss here were closely in contention there's no getting around that um, they're so similar too what's what's <laughs> what's what's really interesting about it is if you're actually talking about like the weight of the subject matter 100% <laughs> they're just delivered in two completely different vessels you know what i mean one is one is dealt with in such an artistic like narratively punishing fashion and the other one is dealt with in a very kind of bubbly vibrant fashion but it's still dealing with subject matter which is vitally important so I think that's the interest. Like, like if we're if we're talking about like nourishment for conversation, the two movies we picked here are like a banquet, and I think that's what's kind of cool. I also think that's maybe what knocked them down when we were kind of coming to trying to get uh, kind of um, a, a common ground amongst all the the hosts. Is that I can understand someone saying that they don't want to watch Antichrist. I get that. Um, I can also imagine someone saying why they don't want to watch Jennifer's Body. I get that as well. Thirst to me, we just had like universal praise for because, uh, you know, it maybe doesn't have that level on it. It's just like you're just watching a very original take on um, the kind of subject of vampirism, just done through an author's hands. And House of the Devil. It's, just, it, it's in a lot of ways when we covered it it's like it is scarily preempting a lot of the cinema that's about to become huge in the following decade these kind of small indie filmmakers getting hands on on, on a bit of a budget uh, and the confidence to make movies that are going to start to dominate um, indie year lists um, like with, with, with ease like you look at an indie year list um, some two, three years after this, and there's a ton of smaller budget indie movies making those lists, whereas before they weren't. <laughs> like, so uh, it is, it's on the cusp of that as well. Um, this episode we're pitching two head to head. It's Jennifer's Body, uh, directed by Karen Kusama, who is still a thumping those movies out, and has went through this. Interestingly enough, this movie was the one that almost wrote her off as a director, which. I think time has only been kind to that and she's now, last I heard, she's supposed to be doing one of those Universal movies. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, But she's done a ton of interesting stuff in between. And the other one is directed by our good buddy Lars von Trier. Um, (laughs) 
who had no <laughs> troubles at all after this movie, did make some some iffy comments where he could maybe see the point of view of I don't know someone like a Hitler. Um, it's a bad. Why would you see it on a panel? Like even if you're trying to be edgy, why would you see it in a panel, Lars? Um, but a, a guy who consistently makes kind of thought-provoking movies, and his movie Antichrist which has about 100% more penis trauma than you'd expect in a movie called Antichrist. Um, that's our two movies. Now, I am I am going to let the listeners know there are three hosts on this episode that have two votes. Uh, Jeff has two, or as I'm calling them, Double G. Jeff Jarrett. That's uh, Double G. Uh, <laughs> we, we have uh, <laughs> Double D and Double D. Um, which is Double David and Double Duncan. So we have that in here as well, locked. Doug only has one vote, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say that maybe benefits you a little bit more, Doug, because you have to fight a little bit more scrappily to get some votes on Sideway. I also don't think, even from our chats, that there's a unanimous agreement on the movie like there has been on every other episode thus far. I don't think we're all just like, this is the movie going through, which upsets me because I feel we should. Um, <laughs> and that's not to be dismissive of one of the other movies, but I'm gunning hard for one on this episode. So with that in mind, let's let's get into it, shall we? Let's start with Jennifer's Body. This is directed by Karen Kissima, uh, the writer's Diablo Cody. Uh, the synopsis here is a newly possessed high school cheerleader turns into a succubus who specialises in killing her male classmates. Can her best friend put an end to the horror? This movie stars Megan Fox, Amanda Siegfried, Adam Brody, Johnny Simmons, Sal Cortez, Ryan Levine, uh, Colin Askey, Chris Pratt, uh, and some other folks are in here. Um, some trivia Megan Fox has said this is her favourite movie of her respective filmographies uh, and despite mixed crit critical reception the film has gained a strong cult following over the year and has garnered a, an unofficial musical which came out in 2018 in a February 2016 interview with the New York Times while trying to illustrate how completely uh, how completely the studio's all-male marketing department misunderstood the point of this movie, director Karen Kusuma recalled that one of their marketing ideas was for Megan Fox to do live chats with amateur porn sites. Kusuma said that she begged them not to even mention the idea to Fox because she will become so dispirited it will be crushing. Uh, to prepare for her role as a possessed living dead teenager, Megan Fox lost around 15 pounds, bringing her weight down to a near frail 97 pounds. I think my leg weighs that. Um, and stayed at the sun for four months to keep her skin pale. The movie's title is from the song Jennifer's Body by Courtney Love's band Hole. Um, and Emma Stone was originally considered for the role of Anita in the movie. Diablo Cody wrote the screenplay for the film Juno. Um, at this, in fact, she wrote it for Juno in 2006, and this one at the same time. So both movies, same time. So she had a great year in 2006. She wrote this one and and Juno as well. Obviously, Juno was the one that went off to huge success, uh, whilst this one kind of laboured in not obscurity but critical no man's land. Is that probably the best way to say it? 
Um, I'll kick us off, uh, and I will do it positively. Not that I'm trying to favour another movie. Uh, Jennifer's Body, I'd, like we spoke about at the time, I liked it when it came out. Like I was one of these guys that was kind of gunning for it then, um, and I'm kind of glad that it seems like a huge swath of the internet and regular movie-going folks have caught up to my position then. I don't want to say I was ahead of the curve, but I kind of feel like I was ahead of the curve. Um, I think it's got great performances. I think it's got a really interesting subject matter. I, I know a lot of people have soured on Diablo Cody over the times, but I think the script is funny, punchy, uh, snappy, and the movie itself echoes those qualities. This is a movie that really gets in and does its business surprisingly concise and ergonomically. Um, I think it's very easy to write off Megan Fox as an actress. Uh, I think some of her actions out with movies have aided to that. And a studio system, Michael Bay almost destroyed her career entirely, mm-hmm. um, which speaks a lot to him. Uh, but like she's like she's, I, I love the fact that she's come back and she's still involved with doing genre stuff. She's done a few of them recently that I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed. Um, Amanda Seyfried, though her career has just went from strength to strength. She's a great actress, really, 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 really interesting mm-hmm. actress. Um, I loved her appearance in the the Twin Peaks revival. I thought she was fucking incredible in that. Uh, but you just have to look around to see the role she takes. She's an interesting actress who doesn't appear to be. She, she's got either got um, a lot of savvy people around her, or she is very intelligent when it comes to the roles that she picks and the directors that she works with. Um, the rest of the cast, really good here as well. It's, it's got a great supporting cast. Um, mostly kind of bit parts, but it works really, really well. What's interesting is I think it's taken <laughs> a lot of time to catch up to a lot of the messaging in the movie. Um, and We went through it uh, in quite a stark fashion with a lot of the Me Too stuff which found this movie a new audience and breathed a bit of life into it. And I think <laughs> if it took that to, you know, if it took that to kind of start to elevate the movie um, in some way or fashion to get people to reevaluate it, Karen Kusuma was brutally honest about this movie when she made it, what the what, what the subject matter meant to her and what she was trying to push. And I think it, it was weird how it just, it's not even a case of poor marketing, like at all. It's just a case of an ignorant system that just doesn't think a movie which is pitched a particular way will sell. And I think that's, once again, we're still, we still live in that where movies are pitched horribly or not made because the audience won't be smart enough to get it. Um, That's never going to go away as long as the small amount of people hold the keys and uh, and money towards movies being made. That's always going to be the issue. I think Jennifer's Body is a thumpingly strong movie that definitely does if you've never seen it and we said it back two years ago when we covered this if you have not seen this movie watch this movie it's fucking great i'm also going to say i don't think it's as good as the other movie on here for numerous reasons which i'll get to at that point doug tilly famously on that episode two years ago you had only just seen Jennifer's Body for the first time. I would like to say that you this might be the first time you've revisited it since then. Is that right? That would be correct. Cool. How did it hold up? Very well. Um, I mean, I think anyone who listens to that episode, and I don't want to repeat a lot of what I said on that episode, but there is a 
excitement of discovery there. Even yeah. at, I mean, which isn't to say that people were not coming around to that movie two years ago. They really were. But the the toxic reaction at the time that this movie was released, uh, for most people that were not Duncan, obviously, um, <laughs> the, the critics hated it. I mean, the, the, the ratings, like the their Rotten Tomatoes rating and even the IMDb rating is still very low. This is a movie that that was dismissed by a lot of people. And I think I was one of those people just by reputation. And the marketing was not good as well. Um, and so me revisiting it a couple of years, or if not revisiting, me visiting it for the first time a couple of years ago, it really felt like a revelation. On a revisit, it's not the same level of revelation. Mm-hmm. And maybe some of its cracks uh, and its flaws uh, come out a little bit. But it, I think it is a very unique, very funny, you know, Heathers-ish yes. uh, toned horror movie that people really if you haven't seen it should go out of the way to see and i have to say i think megan fox is fucking amazing in it she's so good and and like in a way that that that's that was part of the revelation from a couple of years ago she really is terrific there's so much to love i will say though the version that i watched for the last time was the unrated version Mm -hmm. and that version has a few scenes that are not in the version i watched the regular version for this one and I missed them quite a bit. I think that the unrated one is actually the superior version, but I know we're supposed to stick with the originals. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, I'm not going to go on, but I'm actually just going to, I'm just going to spoil. I'm going to spoil this whole episode, Duncan. Nope. I revisited Jennifer's Body and Antichrist this week. And Antichrist is clearly a better movie. Oh! It, it wasn't, there's no question in my <laughs> mind anymore. And I know, I know, I know what you didn't want me to say that, Duncan. I know you wanted to keep it, but I only have one vote. I only have one voice you in this whole yep. beautiful world, and you know, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a Lars guy anyway. <laughs> yeah. But when when this was all coming together, I was like, you know, I'm probably the person who pushed the most for us to discuss Jennifer's body. And I think in your brain, Duncan, you're like, oh, look at Doug, yeah, being a dick again, <laughs> fucking everything up. Well, I'll tell you, it might be just you and I against the world. I guess we'll see what happens. We will, we will indeed. Uh, let's hand it to David Garrett Jr. Um. I was with you though, Duncan, is that I saw this in the theater. This would have been like a sweet spot for me in college where I started to go. I lived close to a theater, so I would just walk over regularly, especially horror movies. And I'll admit, I had a huge crush on Megan Fox at this mm-hmm. time. So this was one that I knew I wasn't going to miss, especially being you know, a horror movie and everything. And it's kind of interesting because I do vaguely remember how the marketing was done for this and it doesn't make sense when you actually watch the movie and see the message they're pushing because yeah it it doesn't surprise me that studios would do that move like it, it it's in it's on par with them is that they are just looking at it and how attractive she is and that's what they wanted to kind of get across because this movie is just interesting for me in that we're displaying in high school just how difficult it is for people when you know your hormones are changing and everything like that and we're actually seeing this friendship that had happened for so long just kind of fall apart finally because megan fox is so stuck in that she is this gorgeous woman and how hard it is to kind of stick with that whole idea and her friend is finally coming into her own and she doesn't like it because she's no longer having this crony here and i also love the whole idea of this band failing at this uh, this ritual and creating her into this like demon creature but yeah it's it's a movie that i can rewatch regularly i'm glad that it finally is getting people to come around to it and i think it's sad that we had to have like the whole me too movement for 100%. something like that to kind of happen and it's also kind of interesting that's been brought up is i think megan fox is a good actress but it does seem like you need to have i mean 
I don't necessarily think they're on the same level, but it almost seems like Fox is kind of like a Nick Cage where you need to have the right director to kind of bring that out in her and to give her the right type of stuff for her to work with. And I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if a lot of times it's directors like, oh, you're attractive. So we're just going to do this kind of like the whole Michael Bay with her and Transformers. Yeah. Where like, Kusama is able to do so much with both of the actresses here. I think also it might be a case where you know how they say that Brad Pitt is really just a character actor, but he's too yeah. beautiful of a man, so <laughs> right. he gets he gets forced into these lead roles. <laughs> she might have a similar thing going on. Maybe she should be playing more quirky, strange roles, but can't because she's Megan Fox. Agreed. Like that actually is a good way to put it. Is she can do a character. You just got to make sure you kind of put the right things around it. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, with the the Brad Pitt thing, there's there's evidence out there. Oh. Like of him, like just perform like the movies where I'm like, oh, like I, I would never have cast him in here, but this is genius casting. I, there was that one recently, the sci-fi one, Ad uh, Ad Astra. Which okay. I'd <laughs> like. I don't know if anyone's seen it. Um, if you if you haven't, you should shut up. Your list is special if you like um, kind of old school seventy sci-fi. Mm-hmm. It, it blew my mind, and he is he's incredible. He did that movie and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood in the same yeah. year. And I was just like that. What the fuck? And this year he's got bullet train out. So he's in a he's in a, he's in a kind of kind of low rent action movie. This year. well, I say low rent, very expensive action movie. Um, yep. This year and I'm like, but the dude was just he was just working with Tarantino, man. He was just working with Tarantino. Um, so yeah, love that. Um, obviously, I don't want you to tell me where your vote's going. You keep that secret. I don't want you to pull a dog here, right? <laughs> I'm an that. agent of chaos, Duncan. Agent of chaos. <laughs> uh, let's go to final thoughts on Jennifer's body to Jeff. Yeah, so, I mean, I was on the episode with you guys as well. Yep. I was a big advocate for this one and, you know, wanted to try to push it through or at least get it talked about enough where more people are going to be able to see it. Um I didn't see it in theaters, but I, you know, I saw it early on enough that, you know, I enjoyed it and I thought it was, you know, unique enough yet did enough of the familiar stuff as a horror fan that it, it made me happy. Um, you guys already brought it up, the whole Me Too movement and everything like that really put more eyes on this. It's great. Unfortunately, you know, why did it need to come to that point yeah. to talk about it? Um, but yeah, I think, you know, one thing I'll bring up again is just kind of the writing for this really feels, um, it really kind of captures like the feel of being the high school girl, you know, like the popular girl and maybe the less popular girl who's her friend. Um, I, I can't speak from experience, obviously, but to me, you know, I think it does well compared to a lot of other movies that might try something similar. Um good good gore in it there's you know there's a lot of stuff that works for this movie so i'm glad that it gets talked about and i'm a big fan of it so nice right well let's uh, let's swing into our second movie uh this is antichrist written and directed by lars von trier the synopsis here a grieving couple retreat to the cabin in the woods hoping to repair the broken hearts and troubled marriage but nature takes its course and things go from bad to worse um, this stars Charlotte Gainsborough and Willem Dafoe. Uh, some of the trivia here for this movie. The sound engineer actually swallowed a microphone and recorded the inner audio of his body in order to achieve certain sounds 
assembler for the film. <laughs> just fucking... <laughs> That's the sound engineer you want on your fucking movie. If that's not the guy, then I don't know what is. That's <laughs> <laughs> dedication to the cause, man. Um, Gainsborough wasn't the first choice for the main part. She had, uh, she has since played a leading role in each chapter of Lars von Trier's Depression trilogy. A body double for Mullen Defoe was used for sex scenes because director Lars von Trier thought Defoe, <laughs> Defoe was too endowed. Uh, and it would have distracted the audience <laughs> without, without playing too much into uh, Hollywood gossip he's apparently well endowed uh, for, for, uh, he's not the only director to say that um, Lars von Trier's trilogy of depression contains extensive homages to the works of Russian filmmakers like Andrei Tartovsky this film features a scene with Willem Dafoe standing quietly in the rain, surrounded by lush scenery, a clear reference to the opening scenes of Solaris from 1972. The movie received a special anti-award um, <laughs> from the jury at Cannes. The jury, which typically awards a film that promotes spiritual and humanist values, uh, decided to award this film a anti-award for its seemingly misogynistic views. However, Lars von Trier did, later, uh, did confirm in a later interview that he was not a misogynist. That's good to know, Lars. Wrong! In a later interview. So he, he just let the dust settle and then confirmed it, saying he loved women and understood the character of her better than him. Um, and I will also say that for a while, and I'm glad this casting didn't happen because I would, I personally would have thought it would have been a bit too wild. Uh, Eva Green was originally considered for the leading lady, but rejected because her contract was too complex. Um, she's like, yeah, I think Gainsborough's the right tone for yeah. this movie. If you know what I mean, I think Green be like trying to put in what's a Helena Bowman Carter as well. <laughs> <laughs> like, what we're doing here. It's kind of that way where, like, no one's surprised that Jack Nicholson goes crazy in The Shining. Like, for the first time you see him, you're like, oh, unhinged. Yeah, I get it, I get it. Um, I've already said this is my pick, right? And I spoke about it extensively on the episode. I think this is a tour de force. I think this is also, arguably, Von Trier's best movie. Um, I know Doug might maybe disagree. We'll, we'll get there, we'll get there. I, I think this as singular visions go this is the one that just hits everything that an auteur art house film director needs to do in the horror genre it delivers the horror but does not skimp on it it forces the audience into uncomfortable views and perspectives i think it has a ton of stuff right on the sub yeah like right on the superficial level that you know he's not hiding his message too much for sure but there's plenty in the subtext as well. I think it's a movie that is also maybe one of the most beautiful ones he's ever directed in terms of the cinematography. A, a lot of that plays into the kind of almost Garden of Eden-esque quality of it. Um, I think it has two incredible performances. There's a minimal cast here. Like we are, we're talking the, the bare minimum where if either actor or actress here performs even slightly poorly this will you know it, it topples the the movie over but both perform incredibly um i think 
It's another movie that does not feel its runtime. I know there'll be people out there that disagree with that statement, but this does not feel its runtime to me. I think the the splitting of into acts that it does handles really well. It's also a movie that puts me through the emotional ringer every time I watch it, um, and one that I feel like just physically exhausted by the end. Um, it's uh, I think it's a tour de force. I, I think this is the one where once again, and he's got he's got plenty of really interesting movies before this. But the first time I saw Antichrist was the first time I was like, right, we're like this is this is something different here. And as someone who grew up like like worshipping filmmakers like Lynch and all the rest and kind of like heralding him as this kind of and rightly so as this director that was constantly and consistently pushing the envelope Von Trier does the same there's a small group of filmmakers who almost work in their own little oeuvre um, Gaspar Noe a director we spoke about in the series as well seems to do that as well and Vortex is my favourite movie I've seen this year Vortex is like absolutely incredible um, and he's kind of like it, it's difficult to compare it to other movies and Von Trier's output's the same it's difficult you have to find commonality in order to make comparisons and he always just seems to be working in his own little bubble Um for better or for worse, it sometimes works against them and that, uh, you know, makes his movies at times uh, unimpenetrable. But this one, there, I, I can get a foothold in it, I can follow through it, like I said before in that recording two years ago, and like I'll say right now, if you do not like this movie, it's too unpleasant, too uncomfortable, or you just don't want to watch it, I get that. I understand where you're coming from, it's not how I feel about it, but I get that. It's the same way if someone didn't want to watch Irreversible or if they'd watched it once and never wanted to watch it again. I get that. I understand where you're coming from. My opinion is Antichrist is the... I mean, is it might be better than Thirst. Um, haven't watched it again. This might be my number one pick for the year and Thirst being number two. Um, but we don't have that option. We only have one movie to come through on this one and I think we would be committing a crime if, if Antichrist <laughs> is not the pick uh, that's how strong I am on it I think it is like that is so obviously the second pick it's it's, it's almost what we're doing here guys um, Doug Tilly you've also indicated that you might be uh, supporting the Antichrist movie here so um, you have more <laughs> weight than I do I have two votes but that might persuade people to go against me because of how bullish I might use them uh, you are known for subtlety and nuance so uh, why why Antichrist <laughs> you know it, it I made an interesting decision here Duncan which is that I yesterday put on Antichrist with the director's commentary Ooh. which is just an interview with Lars von Trier and he gives you nothing it is so boring <laughs> because that's not the way Lars von Trier works, right? He is not that guy who's going to explain anything. He's not. He doesn't even seem interested in the technical side of the filmmaking, which in this movie has so much like beautiful cinematography and lighting, and there's just like even the technical achievements with the animals involved and all that sort of thing. No, he doesn't. He doesn't want to talk about it. Doesn't. And the fact that this is connected to what was a very dark period in his life, and he's had a lot of dark periods in his life, and it seems like he's entering another dark period in his life right now as well. I mean, this is a guy who just puts all of his struggle on the screen and does it in a very potent form. Somehow it gets people to pay for it. Can you imagine trying to raise money for this fucking movie, right? So what's it about? Ooh, I don't know, right? I mean, imagine him in a pitch meeting. Uh, but this is a hard movie, 
right? And yeah. and let let's not mince words here. This is hard for us. Yes, the kind of people is. who watch the movies that we watch. This is a difficult movie. It is not one that I'm like jumping up and down. Oh boy, what an opportunity to watch Antichrist again! <laughs> Great. <laughs> Except, um, sorry, did my audio go a little funny just then? No, you're fine. You're fine. You're okay. on a roll. Yeah, yeah. Except that when every time I watch it, I, I'm more impressed by what I see. I'm more fascinated by what I see. The performances, like you said, like you were saying, Duncan. Yeah. If one of them were a little off, if one of them was was you know a little too expressive, it could throw the whole thing off balance. It's also a movie, by the way, that has a prologue that warns you. Yes. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. see this? If you don't want to watch stuff like this, you better turn it off right now because that's what this movie is going to be. Um, I think it's brilliant. I, I, I've said enough about it on the episode that I don't want to go on and on. I think it's beautiful. I am not sure if it's misogynistic or not. Uh, mm-hmm. I feel like it's certainly, uh, it, it, if it does have the misogyny of the director in it, and you can certainly make that argument, and I think you can make a strong argument in that direction. I don't think that hurts the movie necessarily because it is such a personal statement that you're watching. Sometimes I think Melancholia might be a movie I prefer more because, but it's also a much easier movie in a lot of ways, uh, which is funny to say about a movie about the end of the fucking world. Um, but to me, to me, this is like I was saying about Jennifer's body. I was making a strong argument for it. Watching the both of them in a two-day stretch, there was no argument anymore. Antichrist is the movie that has to go through. Right, um, let's go to Jeff. Thoughts on Antichrist? Yeah, um, so I, I think, you know, I can't remember if originally it had been a first-time watch for me when I was on the original episode. It, it might have been, but it was it's definitely a tough watch. But I did appreciate what this film um, brought and what it does. It's, it, it, uh, it's pretty, it's a deep film, so I mean... It's a lot going on and just it's so many different parts of it are hard to watch the grief the physical pain the mental struggle all that different all that stuff you know it really plays a part and weighs on you all the way through the film so if you're wanting to be in a good mood definitely put this one on um <laughs> I, I would say i would say that um I want to say that during the original recording, I said, I doubt that I'll revisit this film. So naturally, I was randomly selected to be on this. I can understand one maybe appearing on it again, but I can't imagine two of the original ones coming back. Right? Yeah. So, I mean, you showed me by making me watch it again. Um, but no, I, I, I'm glad that I did just because I wanted to feel terrible. Um, so mission accomplished, Duncan. Thank you. <laughs> no, it, it, it does it in a way, though. It makes you think. It makes you feel. It's it's something polar opposite, almost, of Jennifer's body. So, um, you know. But the thing with that one is, too, I'm, I'm not a you know teenage high school girl, and I'm not a married man with a child that no longer has a child. So I don't have the experience of either, but... I appreciated the films watching them both. So. Cool, right? Uh, final thoughts, final film, David Gallagher Jr. 
So this is one that I kind of put in the category with like Last House on the Left, Irreversible, and like stuff like that where I can't come back to it regularly just because it is so like a depressing just gut punch every time with the different things that they do. So, I mean, it does make sense as like Doug was saying, like Venture being like depressed when he was making this because you can just feel that throughout everything and i mean i'll just double down with the fact that the performances are just amazing that if either of them are off yeah this movie won't work mm-hmm. and another one that's kind of like santa sangree for me where like i just get sucked into it that i don't feel the runtime i'm just trying to figure everything out and i don't know if i ever will figure out everything completely with like the symbolism that they're showing with it and it doesn't matter though as i'm kind of going through it and i mean i guess the only thing kind of thinking about like the misogynistic part of it i mean i guess you could kind of put von trier being in the defoe category here where like defoe's such an arrogant guy that he thinks that nobody can help his wife that the only therapist who knows what to do is it's not drugs is that she needs to face this trauma head on and he kind of forces her into descend into madness and become the villain here though because i mean i almost see her more as like a victim that if somebody else would have been treating her who could help things might not play out this way and i mean he kind of deserves what he gets in the end to an extent i mean i'm not gonna go that far just because man <laughs> that scene gets real brutal with what she does to him <laughs> but i mean i get she really needed an extent. oliver reed from the brood in this right <laughs> it's weird that we're, we're, we're bookended this episode with <laughs> right <laughs> but i mean i guess the last thing i'll just say is that this movie is gorgeous though just some of the shots they do and how it just looks like paintings at times and like the slow motion through everything is just gorgeous and I just get sucked in and just where it ends up going. I mean, even the the epilogue at the end where you have like that painting that comes to life for a minute and then it kind of just goes away from it is just, it's quite amazing. Like, I love this movie. Not one that I can keep coming back to, but, you know, I like to have my, you know, palate cleanse a couple years before I come back to it. So thankfully, last time I watched this was for the, you know, summer series a couple years ago. So there is that. Right, well, let's get to it then, shall we? And um, let's not build the suspense here. My two votes, 100% with Antichrist, right? So that's two on Antichrist. Doug, where's your vote? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason I've went this order. So yeah. Look, I'm not taking anything away from Jennifer's body. There's a part of me that thinks it's kind of fucked up that we might pick a movie with massages themes over a movie that has <laughs> yeah. feminist themes if, and it doesn't look good for four guys to necessarily do that. I just, the kind of movies that I enjoy are movies that push boundaries. And in a, in a way, Jennifer's Body pushes boundaries as well. Yep. But boy, there's not a movie that is trying to confront the audience more than Antichrist. And that's the movie I'm going with. If it makes you feel any better, Doug, we can denounce our misogyny later on in an interview. We'll just give it a couple of years and then we'll just go, we'll, we'll just do what Lars von Trier did. Later on, we'll just announce it. Um, what was I thinking? <laughs> I know what will make people forget the misogyny thing. Hitler wasn't a bad guy, was he? Can I get, uh, can I get any? Uh, no one high five me. Okay, that's gonna. I'm sure that's not gonna come back and bite me. Um, so, von Trier, what are you doing, Lars? What are you doing? Right, we have three votes locked in for Antichrist. The reason I went this way is the only way it can be dethroned is if the power of Jeff and David combine together, they Voltron up and use their four votes to squash our three. 
Jeff, I'm going to come to you first. Where are your two votes going, buddy? Even if you give me one vote. <laughs> so, all I need. you know, I think what I'll do, I'll do what David did for uh, Phantasm. I'm going to, for the sake of competition, I'll go ahead and put both of mine to Jennifer's it's a Risky body. business oh, here. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's a risky business here. <laughs> What's he doing? Yeah. Uh, all right, so that's three votes to two in favour of Antichrist over Jennifer's body. David, you wanted the drama. The drama is here. This is what <laughs> you asked for. Um, the deciding votes are with you. You have two votes to declare. Where are you putting your votes? I mean, I'll kind of say something that like Doug did, is that I think either of these movies definitely deserve to you know be there. But something else he said that I also agree with is that I feel like Antichrist is a movie for people like us where you really have to be hardened. It's like this Antichrist is kind of going back to what I was saying earlier. It's one I will never show my wife just because I don't want her to like look at me differently, even though I've said some of the movies that I watch and she's like, I don't understand how you do that. Yeah. But I won't show it to my wife because I don't want her to get any ideas. But I'm going to put both with Antichrist and put it through. Yes! 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 Oh, <laughs> sorry. I mean, oh, oh no. Well, we should. Uh, <laughs> there we go. Emphatic um, with its My Master Terrible. Five votes over two in favour of Antichrist. That is making it sit at the big table with. Um, what did I say went through Thirst went through and uh, House of the Devil went through as well I am I'm super happy with that the last episode as well the last episode of the season and we brought we, we did we did it right guys I always knew we could always knew we could and we did it right Jerry Herring will not be happy with us is all I'm saying um <laughs> He's not going to be happy at all. Sorry, Jerry. I might have helped. I might have helped him with a pick a couple of years ago. So there's a. So he should be at least happy about that. There we go. There we go. Yeah. So um, yeah, we 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 made things up, Jerry. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> don't hate us. If you listen to the previous episode, we 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 did you right. We did you a solid. Um, although we all agreed it was yeah, it was more for us <laughs> than it was for him. He just benefits from it. I'm being cryptic. The episode's out. Perfect blue went through. Um, and it's a great fucking movie and we did that in part for Jerry and also because we all love that movie so there we go um, yeah we are at the end guys we, we, we've we done it we did it we got through summer series um, for 2022 there are no round tables this year so we're basically putting this season to bed so no elongated five hour recordings <laughs> of us recapping everything we did but we do have important work ahead of us we have next year's summer series which essentially starts as of tomorrow when the official list of 150 movies are posted uh, i will engage with the potential hosts for the episodes uh, to confirm who they are the draw will be happening before christmas so the host will know who they are and for the final time let me just detail how it's going to work essentially those 150 movies that we have um, are going to appear on one list where the hosts for the series will all vote on that list of 150 movies ordering them um, from favourite to least favourite they will also be involved with two episodes those episodes will follow the same format of this year in that they will contain 79 
2019, for example, but they will all be on one episode. So that one episode will contain 15 movies and yeah, you guessed it, we will be shortlisting down to carry to a definitive list of 50 movies, which will also be scored. <laughs> right, because why not? Um, five from each episode will go through. So that's the that's the, the, the fun part, is realistically one movie from every decade could make it to the final list, but they won't. <laughs> like they won't, at, they won't at all. In fact, some years might just disappear, like completely from from the the series altogether. But yeah, so we'll, at the end of Thunderdome next year, you will have two scored lists: one which will have all the hosts feeding into the full 150, and another one which will have selected hosts curating a list of movies, which will combine to make a list of 50 movies, which will also be voted on as well <sighs> I don't make things any uh, any piece of shit adjudicators we have to deal with um, <laughs> the adjudicators will have a different role next year and there will be people's council which will have a different role next year as well so whatever the host lock in or locked in definitively <laughs> there won't be any swapping things around or anything so when they're locked in they're locked in but it does mean that <laughs> does mean that the group of hosts on that episode will have to agree what five movies go through from and when you stack up some of the years that are going to be going against each other they will be nigh on impossible so yeah that's where the viciousness comes out others will be very 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 easy like i can't imagine many people like pushing for like a year like like 1993 um you know what i mean i can't like oh <laughs> three totally has to win over like something like like I don't know. I, don't, I actually haven't looked at them, to be honest. I will. And when I do, I, I will see where the pain points will be in. But yeah, that's what we're, we're rolling with. It's going to be an arduous task. And like I say, it essentially starts 1st of October 2022, which will be as of the day of this release tomorrow. Um, for the last time, though, let me thank my guest hosts for joining me. They are all hardworking podcasters worthy of your time. So please go and check out their work to hear more of what they are doing. Let's work around them all so they can let you know where you can check them out. Starting with Doug Tilly. Where can people check out your stuff, Doug? Well, my podcast, Invest More Report, comes out every Monday. Uh, we have a variety of topics. It's an umbrella podcast with podcasts devoted to, as we already mentioned in one of our shows, Alejandro Jodorowsky with the podcast Jodorowsky. We also have podcasts devoted to Carol Kane, Jackie Chan, Paul Bartel, Eric Roberts, of course, the uh, the beloved Eric Roberts is a fucking man, uh, <laughs> and more. You can find that over at cinemasmorgasport.com or on Twitter at cinemasmorg. That's S-M-O-R-G. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Doug uh, underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. Amazing. Thank you very much, Doug. Jeff, pimp your ear, sir. Uh, you guys can listen to me on Night of the Nerdy Laser podcast, where I think last time I described it is me bullying my way onto a show um, <laughs> to become a co-host. So there I am. Um, you could also watch our streaming show on Tingler Television. That show is called Trash Talk, a 30-minute show, and it's basically a podcast with some clips. Uh, fun stuff with my co-hosts uh, Richard Jewell and Matt Henry. So give us a check out. Please do, ladies and gents. Go and check out Jeff's work. And finally, David, uh, pimp your rear, sir. 
Yeah. Um, so my podcast is Journey with a Cinephile, a horror movie podcast. Uh, I kind of do what Duncan does, where, or actually I, like Doug does as well, where I have everything kind of underneath there. So if I do any like bonus episodes, and then I also do a another sideshow with a buddy of mine who he doesn't watch some of the more deep dive horror stuff. So I've been you know making some selections that sometimes I've never actually seen, but we'll go through those and whatnot. And then I also do blogs where I do written reviews where that is found at horrorreview.webnode.com. And I also use that website for the podcast as well to find episodes much easier. Amazing. Thank you very much. Thanks very much to all the hosts that took part on this season. Uh, you have uh, you've made this a ton of fun, stressful as fuck, but a ton of fun <laughs> nonetheless. <laughs> Wouldn't have it any other way. Um, yeah, I'm going to take my final break of this episode. When I come back, we're closing out this final summer series episode for 2022. I'll be right back to do it right after this. You're listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. And you've been listening to the podcast Under the Stairs. This has been episode 400. This is the end of summer series for 2022. We have brought it all to a satisfying, he says satisfying. You know, it probably isn't satisfying to some, but I mean, we can't please everyone even as hard as we try, but this brings to the end the summer series. Specifically brings to a close 2009, putting forward Antichrist. I'm super excited about this one. Joining Thirst and the House of the Devil representing 2009. So yeah, a huge thanks to my hosts on this episode. I'm going to go extend it even further. A huge thanks to all the hosts that took part on summer series this year. I know some people had to pull out and that's a shame, but you know, their involvement in the early stages helped us power through and get things in place. But just the dedication as always, I love these these shows. I genuinely do. I think they're fucking great. And I can finally relax when this episode is launched. I, I can finally get that, that uh, overwhelming weight that's been on my shoulder since we did the first recording. Um, away and, uh, and put this out in the, the ether for you guys to, to enjoy. Now in terms of the Facebook group poll, I posted it this morning, you guys were on point so the last dance, last chance to dance, you guys joined us on that one. 28% voted for Jennifer's Body, 72% voted for Antichrist, so we delivered the goods for you. Ladies and gents, there you go. So what this means is we are now locked in, we now have every movie locked in for summer series kind of fucking awesome uh, also kind of scary because now we are officially in countdown mode to well let's be honest we're officially in countdown mode to the full thing the full booner the the massive series that will consume all our lives until there is nothing left um, and there's nothing we can do about it Thunderdome is coming I know you think it's far away it really really isn't um, and now I can officially give you the list of movies representing each year. So here we go. This is the final list of movies representing uh, the individual years that will be discussed and voted through or voted down or voted like against or for or indifferently um, on summer series moving forward. 
The list for the 70s, starting off with 1970, the three movies, The Bird with the Crystal Plumage, Count Yorger Vampire and Mark of the Devil. 1971, The Devils, Daughters of Darkness and Bay of Blood. 1972, Deliverance, Don't Torture a Duckling and The Last House on the Left. 1973, The Exorcist, Don't Look Now and The Wicker Man. 1974, Death Dream, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Black Christmas. 1975, Jaws, Deep Red and Shivers. 1976, The Omen, Carrie and Who Can Kill a Child. 1977, Suspiria, Eraserhead and Morton. 1978 is Halloween, Dawn of the Dead and Invasion of the Body Snatchers. 1979 is Alien, Tourist Trap and The Brood. So that's your list of movies for the 70s. For the 80s, 1980, The Shining, The Fog and Cannibal Holocaust. 81 is The Beyond, An American Werewolf in London and Evil Dead. 82 is The Thing, Poltergeist and Creepshow. 83 is Christine, Videodrome and Sleepaway Camp. 84 is Gremlins, A Nightmare on Elm Street and Terminator. 1985 is Fright Night, Return of the Living Dead and Day of the Dead. 1986 is The Fly, Night of the Creeps and From Beyond. 1987 is Hellraiser, Near Dark and Evil Dead 2. 1988 is The Blob, Pumpkinhead and Child's Play. And 1989 is Society, Pet Cemetery and Santa Sangre. On to the 90s. For 1990, Misery, Jacob's Ladder and Tremors. 91, The Silence of the Lambs, Cape Fear and Body Parts. 92, is Candyman, Braindead and Bram Stoker's Dracula. 1993 is Jurassic Park, Fire in the Sky and The Untold Story. 1994 is Interview with the Vampire, Nightwatch and Cemetery Man. 1995 is Seven in the Mouth of Madness and Day of the Beast. 1996 is Scream from Dustal Dawn and the Frighteners. 97 is Event Horizon, Funny Games and Cure. 98 is Ringu, The Faculty and Perfect Blue, with 1999 being Audition, The Blair Witch Project and Ravenous. And into the Zeros. Uh, representing the Zeros, American Psycho, Ginger Snaps and Battle Royale. The Frailty, Session 9 and the others are for 2001. 2002 has 28 Days Later, Me and The Ring. 2003, Oh Boy High Tension and Cabin Fever. 2004 has Saw, Shaun of the Dead and Calvair. 2005 has The Devil's Rejects, The Descent and Wolf Creek. 2006 has Pan's Labyrinth, The Host and Slither. 2007 has The Mist, Wreck and Trick or Treat. 2008 has Let the Right One In, Martyrs and Late Mungo. And 2009 has Thirst, The House of the Devil and Antichrist. And moving into the 10s, 2010 has I Saw the Devil, Dream Home and Bedeviled. 2011 has The Skin I Live In, The Woman and Cabin in the Woods. 2012 has Sinister, Resolution and Maniac. 2013 has Evil Dead, Under the Skin and Big Bad Wolves. 2014 has It Follows, The Babadook and Oculus. 2015 has The Green Room, The Witch and the Black Coat's Daughter. 2016 has The Wailing, Raw and the Neon Demon. 2017 has Get Out, Tigers Are Not Afraid and It Comes at Night. 
2018 has Hereditary, Mandy and Incident in the Ghostland, with the final year being 2019 with Midsommar, St Maud and The Lighthouse. And that is your list, ladies and gents. That's it all done there. Now, rather than bore you with all the details about where you can check out the show, let's just bring it into a happy close right here. Thank you very much for checking out the Summer Series. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you to all the hosts. And for the last time in this series, this is Duncan McLeish broadcasting live from under the stairs, and I am signing off. It's a-